Welcome to the Fitness Candor Podcast. Your host, Eric Feigl, will be bringing you the truth about exercise and the fitness industry. You'll hear from fitness professionals, exercise science professors and researchers, fitness industry entrepreneurs and leaders, as well as people who simply love to talk shop. Stick around after the show to learn how you can get your topic in an upcoming episode. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fitness Candor Podcast. Matthew Ibram is joining us today again. Um, he is the co-owner and lead performance coach for TD Athletes Edge. If you want to know more about his extensive bio, just go check out episode 110, um, and you can learn a lot more about it there, too. We get into a lot of detail. The last time Matthew was on the show, though, we started kind of going off on a couple of tangents. It was fun, though. We had a good time. It was a blast. And so we decided that we got to like, all right, let's come back and have a whole other episode, which is what this one is. Um, A little bit more about the personal training uh, business side of things, not just personal training, but the business side of fitness. And earlier today, you had posted the comment on Instagram. I'm just reading it. And um, it was a picture. It says, be the coach, teacher, and guide you never had. So first of all, Matthew, welcome back to the show. Thanks for hopping on again. Appreciate you having me, brother. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit more about why you, what, what made you post that? Because it's, it's a, that's really interesting and kind of made me think about where I came from, where I am now. Before we jump into that, are you sipping on some LaCroix? Duh. What flavor is that for, for the viewers over here on IG? Le- it's lemon, bro. Lemon flavor LaCroix. <laughs> if you're a lemon flavor fan, put a high five or, or, or a emoji up. The big thing with me, so I look at our profession of strength and conditioning, sports performance training, in a nutshell of we're coaching, teaching, educating, and guiding, we're, we're, we're trying to pay it forward, essentially, for the next generation of strength and conditioning coaches, sport performance coaches, physical therapists, healthcare professionals, fitness professionals, so on and so forth. And so when I think of having a coach, a teacher, or an educator, the, what I'm trying to do is always give back and, and say to myself, okay, how can I properly give this next generation of students or professionals as much as humanly possible so that they'll, they won't miss out on what I miss out on or, or what other people in my, in my position or, or more experienced than myself have missed out on. And so if you think about it, think of like, think of the best coach, the best teacher or the best educator you had, right? That one individual, whether it was in kindergarten, mm-hmm. whether it was your, you know, your <clears throat> middle school basketball coach, whether it was your high school you know, the Dean or whatever in college, think of that one person. Imagine having that one, that best person to coach, teach, and educate you all the way through all of your years. We, we, we'd all be studs. So my be yeah. if we can give more than we take and always go that extra mile and over deliver to the next generation of coaching mm-hmm. professionals and, and healthcare and PT and, and SNC and training and fitness. I think the next generation in the next um, batch of individuals and professionals in our field, we'd be much better off. And so yeah. that's kind of my goal there. And, you know, I'm, <clears throat> I'm in the fortunate position where, you know, I get asked quite frequently the, the, the fall and spring semesters to go to local schools, universities, and colleges and provide lectures and presentations kind of on my career path and where I've been, what I've done and kind of how I've gotten here. And so I think the biggest thing is, is, you know, I've made a ton of mistakes and I've failed more yep. than, than most people have. And so if, if, if someone, 
who's up and coming can learn from my mistakes and not make the same failures, then, then I feel as though I'm giving back and paying it forward, even if it's, if it's a 1%. That's interesting that you say that because I talked a lot about uh, on the podcast from like almost episode one. And if you have, if you're in the industry and you're not sharing with the people coming up, you're doing the industry that you love a disservice. And what's good, what good is all the information that you have if you're not going to pass it down? Exactly. And what are you going to, what else are you going to do with it? Too many people act as like the gatekeeper of their, their book of knowledge, yeah. the way they do things and their methodology and their philosophy. Right. Well, at the end of the day, in a nutshell, with an asterisk, because I don't want to get yelled at here, everything kind of works at some point. Yeah, exactly. How you input it and obviously with some integrity and professionalism. So if we can all get along, I think we'd be better off. Yeah, I think so too. And especially when you know that you have people who are looking up to you as a coach, as a mentor, as someone who they just like to be around. Those are the people you got to take under your wing instead of saying like, why is this guy getting so close to me? Why is this female getting so close to me? Why, why is this, you know, are you trying to steal like my information? It's not yours to begin with. You know, everything that we see on like the social media and everything else, it's not ours to begin with. We're just, we're putting the information that we like, that we think is valuable out there. Yeah. And that's all there is to it. Absolutely. And I think the big thing too is the information is not going to be changing much. I mean, in a nutshell, no. I was going to say the same, but the, what makes it special and makes it unique is, is the authenticity that each individual adds to it. Mm -hmm. so right. Yep. Quote, provide this information to the end user, albeit the, the, the client, the athlete, or, or the person in front of the human being. So I think being organic, being authentic, and always just being real is, is, is a really good way to give back and show that, hey, look, we're all here for the same reason. Let's just get on the same page and help each other. Yeah, exactly. And I think you brought up another really good point about sharing um, mistakes because if you've made it to a certain point in any industry, especially, um, well, the only one I know really is our industry. So like the fitness industry, it's like riddled with mistakes, whether it's uh, a billing error or it's um, maybe communicating something the wrong way or whatever it is going with a bad business partner, for instance, yeah. like there's mistakes made along the way. And those need to be talked about even more than, than, uh, the successes because uh, going, going through all of, all of the sound cheesy, the trials, that's what makes a person successful. And you have to remember those things. <clears throat> and we need, we need people in the industry to keep reminding us like, hey, it's okay to fail. Like try something different, try something new. How are you going to know unless you try? And that's cheesy, but it's true. Well, and, and it is true. And I think the biggest thing in our field, people always want to say, okay, it's got to be evidence-based. It's got to be science proven. Yeah. But there's also another side. I mean, trial and error is a big part of what we do in our field of strength, conditioning, performance, fitness, and healthcare. The other thing too is, you know, success leaves clues, right? Success, people that have been successful have turned over all of the stones. So the people coming after them have said, you know what? They made that mistake and they're willing to admit to that failure. They can help us so we can kind of avoid and deviate and, and go around another path. So mm -hmm. I think it's always good to get back, to pay it forward and to help the next people in line. Because if they can avoid making the mistake, think, it, think of how much more efficient they'll be and then for the next generation and so on and so forth. It's almost like if you can kind of, uh, hopefully I can swing this, this analogy. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. Oh, here we go. I'm going to throw a blind dart on the board here. So you're in line at Starbucks. I love Starbucks, by the way. Um, and, and you pay for the next person behind you, right? So that, that whole chain of events continues to go and go. Maybe that, maybe that relates or maybe it doesn't. My point is you're helping the next person in line. And so if we can do that, I think, I think it creates a really good uh, cycle. 
I think, yeah, that analogy works, especially because there's, especially yeah. there's caffeine involved. Like uh, anytime there's caffeine involved, it's, it's got to work. <laughs> you do know, by the way, that a dopio is a double espresso shot. I did not know that and I'm a half Italian. I, I had no idea. I just do. I go in, I order the same thing. Right, just right. give me, just give me black. Fine. That's it. No room. Like fill it as high as you possibly can. <laughs> um, now I know. <laughs> yeah, you know. So let's step back a little bit and maybe talk about, cause I do want to get into the business side of things. I think it's really important um, to share that information with people who are, who are just starting, who aren't really, uh, aren't really sure the processes that it takes. So take us back to, since, since you mentioned like someone who is, um, and, and who inspired you to do what you're doing now and what maybe they did right that you tried to adopt and, and was there something that you noticed that you tried to stay away from because you saw it fail on their end and you're like, okay, now I know. Yeah. I think with me, like in anything I do, I take a bunch of things and I combine them and put them in a, what I like to call a pot of stew. So, I mean, Think of the most prestigious, successful individuals in our field. Think of the Mark Versegans. Think of the Mike Boyles, the Eric Cressies, the Gray Cooks, yada, 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 you know, Dan Johns, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of <clears throat> attention to detail with every single little thing I do. It's, okay. it's kind of an obsession. One would call it OCD, but I call it ATD, attention to detail. There's a little bit of a difference. <laughs> That's just my way of, of compartmentalizing it. So with me – I, you know, I looked at what the most successful prestigious people in our field that were doing and I, and I saw what worked and I saw what, what garnered success. And I also saw some areas where I was like, you know what, I'm not sure if that's going to be a good fit for me. So I took a little bit of everything and I kind of put it in my own pot of stew. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been in the field for 10 years and I'm still learning. I'm still a rookie, man. I wake up every day thinking, okay, oh yeah, big time. Maybe fly on the wall surrounding myself with people that are better than me and smarter than me so that I can continue to grow and develop and we can, we can grow as a team. So for me, it, it's a constant <clears throat> fire inside of me and then hunger to say, okay, we're, we're solid here. We're good here. How can we improve? Because good is not great until it's better. So to me, if we can improve across the board continually on a day-to-day basis and, and find, I wouldn't call it holes in your game or weaknesses, but where areas you can improve to overall provide a better product for the person that you're working with, the human, the client, the athlete, the, the, the end user. So that to me is kind of, you know, my path and kind of where it was, where I wanted to go and where I am now, where I, where I hope to continue to strive toward. And so, and I'm sure if you ask this question to any of the, the colossal figures in our field, the names that I mentioned previously and, and so many others that, that are, have done a fantastic job is that they'll, st- they'll say that they're still learning, they're still growing. They're oh, still yeah, big time. Trying to, when they make a failure, I think, I think failure is great because it teaches you a lesson. You can, you can either adjust, pivot, and, 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 and change the way you did something so that you can learn from it. Or you cannot learn from it and continue to make the same mistake. So that I think yeah. failure does a really good job at teaching you a valuable lesson. As long as you learn, pivot, and then and then avoid that mistake moving forward with this new learned knowledge. Yeah, there's something interesting about the entire industry as a whole because it depends on if you go from um, like the the average person, I guess, if they're going through college. Let's say you go through college. No matter what industry you're getting into, you you get the next job. And you're like, oh man, finally, okay, I made it. I'm out. You know, I got the degree. Now I got the job. Perfect. And you think maybe things are settled in and like you've hit your peak. Um, and maybe not everybody thinks that way, but you know, some people might. You know, in the training industry, it's kind of not that much different, except 
you know, if you, if you're a trainer and let's say a person starts at like an LA fitness or something, you're like, okay, good. I'm getting clients. I'm getting money. And then you start to realize, oh crap, like this might not be the right, right space for me. I'm going to go try to find someplace else. And then you see the way another place is ran. So you get to compare those two. Then you're like, you know what? I can do this better. And uh, this isn't for me. I, I don't see myself ever um, having like a physical space. But if a person goes and has a, uh, opens their physical space based on those experiences, then like the doors blow wide open because now it's like 100% on you. And now you're like, okay, now I have to take all of those experiences from both of those places or all of those places, put them in and build my own philosophy and hopefully not screw this up. <laughs> yeah, no, I, dude, I, I, I'm in agreement with that. And I think, you know, a great deal of um, students who leave undergraduate degree, whether it's kinesiology, exercise physiology, strength conditioning, et cetera, et cetera, their thought process is always, okay, how can I create my own brand? Or how can I make, make the most money the fastest? Or how can I do X? How can I do Y? Mm -hmm. And yes, sure. There are parts where our field goes, it's very linear. It's very cute. It's very, you know, it looks great. And more often than not, what happens is a lot of this stuff happens. And that's oh, big time. Yep. And I think, I think an additional component to focus on here, especially up and coming, especially up and coming during undergraduate degree, during whether it's graduate degree, or even when you're a professional in the field, you're still learning and you still have academia, you know, albeit not necessarily in the sense of, you know, formal, it can be informal, whether it's weekend yep. continuing, edu continuing education courses, seminars, courses, networking, reaching out to, to professionals who are cut from the same cloth. You want to go shadow, you want to go intern, you want to go volunteer, learn, hop on a call, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think those opportunities provide you with a stepping stone and, and they open more doors for you moving forward. I think too many individuals in our field, and I'm thinking of like the young up and coming, like 18 to 25 year olds are like, okay, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go, I'm going to work in a, a collegiate setting or a private setting. Right. Yep. College. And then I'm going to go right into a field. I'm going to go own a gym or I'm going to go be a, a head strength coach here. I'm going to do this or that. I'm going to go work with that pro team. And it's like, Whoa, pump the brakes, earn some credit in the field, get some skin, skin in the game first. Go, you know, yeah. go spend two years, shadowing the, t the best facility in the world that you, that you deem the best go, you know, while you're working as a, as a, you know, a strength coach or a person at, at a local facility, go, you know, spend time shadowing and learning and, and going to courses yep. and meeting professionals that you can, you can learn more from and open more doors. And so I think you gain so much information there that, you know, more often than not, it gets looked at as like, okay, wait, I, I had to spend money, go to these courses. Well, mm. yeah, that's, that's, that's earning skin in the game. That's going to eventually pay off in the long run. I think playing the long game here, not just saying, okay, like where's the money? Where's my, where's all my clients? Uh, yeah, I forget it. All these athletes. Well, that's going to happen in time. You know, like I'm sure like yourself, you know, you and I, have been, you know, we've been in the field for quite some time, you know, like, like a decade or so. And so you just start to realize, okay, here's how things are, are should be working or how, how they can become successful and you can progress with them. As, as opposed to like, oh, like, where's everyone now? What am I doing? Where's my money? Where, where are these clients? Where are these athletes? So I think yeah. it's understanding that it's a long-term approach, long-term view. Like Bill Gates didn't just stumble and become Bill Gates, right? Steve Jobs didn't say, oh, I'm going to be Steve Jobs today and, and be a phenomenal, you know, success in the field. It takes time. It takes a lot of, a lot of earning of, uh, of, you know, early mornings, late evenings. It takes time to earn up all that credit. That whole, that Malcolm Gladwell, that 10,000 hour rule. And I think yeah. that applies tenfold. So I think we need to get in the mindset of, okay, be the turtle, that slow, that progressive, that take, take your time approach for the long term. Yeah, there's, um, there's a, a friend of mine, um, I can't remember, this was, this was probably like last year, where he talked about, uh, and he's a couple years younger than us, probably so like, you know, mid, mid early, early to mid 30s. 
in the corporate world and he's like, you know, I'm thinking about getting the personal training uh, business. And I'm always real skeptical when people say that when they come from someplace else out of, um, um, out of stress, you know, not that people can't do it, but I said right away, I said, he's like, what, where should I go get certified? I'm like, dude, don't even worry about a certification. Think to yourself, do you have three to five years to put into learning, to put in grind, to put in hustle, to put in, you know, building a client, building a clientele, to starting out at the bottom, to starting out as almost like an internship and doing grunt work at the same time learning and then folding, folding towels and doing laundry, you know, all that stuff that, that everybody has. Right, because they're, they're above it. Yeah, oh, 100%. Like, yeah, once, once a person gets to a certain point, it's like, you know, just because you have 50 clients doesn't mean you have to stop all that. Like, how do you think, ever, how do you, think you were able to get that? Because somebody else was doing it, right? And because you still do it, somebody else can come behind you. Hey, and man, if you yeah. open up a can of worms right now, I can go off on a tangent right now. No, no it's perfect. Because, <laughs> and, and it's funny because I, I said that to this person and about a week or so later, I said, hey, I'm going to get back to you in a week. We talked more about, you know, right. some, some stuff. And I did suggest, you know, a certification, some other stuff to him. <laughs> And uh, about a week or two later, I was like, hey, man, do you still want to meet up for that drink? And he was like, no, I think I'm going to go another route. And I haven't heard from him since. I mean, which, which is, which is a bummer. Wants but. The fast buck, man. They want the fast, they, they want the fast success. Fast yep. So, you know, I look at it a couple of different ways here. So there's a book. It's called Legacy. I'm sure many people have read it. And it's the whole notion behind the New Zealand All Blacks rugby team. Oh, yeah. I know I'm not sure of what their winning percentage is or was. But all I know is they have a phenomenal – that, that whole Haka thing, that song beforehand, which I, I probably wouldn't step on the field to face them because they're pretty, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty mean looking guys. But also Intense, yeah. that they, there's a whole notion of, of sweep the sheds. And I may be off a bit, so please correct me if I am, but even the best players, the most, most, you know, the most popular players and the best players in the team, they're in there every day. They're clean. They're sweeping the sheds. They're cleaning up. There's, there's no egos. Leave your dude at the doors. So I think the no ego, that whole no islands thought process is very, very crucial to what, what our field uh, should stand for and hopefully will stand for at some point. As a yeah. In addition to, you know, being patient with the process and trusting it, you know, like yourself, I hear many people on the outside looking in, meaning on the outside of our field, not in, in our field saying, oh, you know, I'm going to get into strength and conditioning. I'm going to get into some personal training. I'm going to get into some fitness training, some performance training and training athletes, clients and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, okay, great. So why don't you go learn from some of the best first? Go be a fly on the wall first. Bring a notepad. Don't talk. Just listen and watch yep. and observe. Exactly. For, I don't know, a few months or so and see before you even commit to anything else. Forget about certifications. Go get an understanding of what this field is truly about. Can you work with a 75-year-old, um, you know, you know, post post knee uh, client? Can you go work with a 15-year-old youth basketball player and anyone in the weekend warrior, your endurance athlete, your 45-year-old Ironman uh, female athlete, so on and so forth? So have a, have some variance in your game and, and and a wide tool belt of skills and learn from afar first for a few months, and then at that point, if you're like, you know what? this isn't for me, then great. Then you've learned. Or you say, you know what, this is for me. What is the next step? There's, there's a process here. It's not a, you know, I think there's such a small, 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 minuscule barrier of entrance to our field. Mm-hmm. And coach, uh, you know, physical therapist, a personal trainer, athletic trainer, sports performance professional, whatever it may be, that it almost, what it does, it kind of creates this, this oversaturation of, 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 of coaches and trainers and, and, and you know, uh, medical professionals and it's like okay well how do you separate yourself from the pack and so there, a couple things that I, I think that should be administered at some point is 
I feel very strongly about you should not like you, you should at the very least have a bachelor's degree in some sort of related field, right? So ATC, strength and conditioning, exercise physiology, uh, kinesiology, health and promotion, right, right, right. science, right? And at that point, you can then become a social trainer or whatever the term that you want to insert there be that. But I feel as though, like you said, what we're seeing a lot of, there's people from other parts of uh, other fields, whether it's business, whether it's the food industry, whatever it may be. Yep. Oh, let me go be a strength coach or a trainer for a couple hours a week to make ends meet. Exactly. And that's what really hurts the field as a whole. It does, 100%. Um, so think of, uh, think of your, think of, for example, we use Steve Jobs. You think Steve Jobs was selling ice cream on the weekends? No, he was focused on what he was doing. He was just at that position. So if you're in business, if you're in finance, if you're in whatever other field, great, stay in that field, Right. Because what happens is it dampers everyone else in the field. And so it does. Yeah. I just think it, 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 we, can, we can uphold a higher level of integrity and professionalism if we trim the fat, so to speak, and then also hire the standards or increase the level of standards to enter the field. I think that's yeah. important. I think definitely strength coaches and, 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 and fitness and, and performance training uh, individuals, I think what would be important is that they get some sort of, 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 of a lens of a rehab professional, whether it's just simple as 30 hours of total volunteer experience in a rehab um, uh, clinician, clinical type setting. And alternatively, for physical therapists, athletic trainers, chiropractors, sports med medicine professionals, I think it'd be important for them to get something as small as 30 hours of volunteering in a performance training setting. Because at the end of the day, we yep. have to work together. This, this coincides with what we talked about last time, working as a team, right? That whole yeah, team exactly. mentality. And so I think if we can, number one, trim the fat, with people who aren't full-timers in our field. Number two, create a higher level or barrier of entrance, if you will. And number three, have more crossover from, from performance training to sports medicine so that we're all working together cohesively for the better end product for the end user. I like the idea of having a, um, creating a higher barrier for entry because when you, when you said something about you know, having somebody hang out for a few months, I think a lot of people will be shocked about that. They're like, what, I can't do like, you know, a week at, at a place and get the hang of it. No, you should have, you should hang out for one month with one trainer and then go to somebody else, do mornings, do evenings, do afternoons, realize what it's like during downtime and at peak time. You know, when you have, when you have 16 back to back to back to back to back to back to back appointments and you can't even get a meal in, let alone like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to get this guy set up on a, a quick body weight warm up. I'm going to go to the bathroom cause I haven't in six hours, you know, because you're slip. It's not just like a, I get to, you see, you see these commercials on TV and online, take control of your schedule, be flexible, work out on the job. It, I get it. <laughs> okay. It's They're like, making an effort. They're making an the, effort. the idea, the idea of it, but like it pisses me off because I didn't, I didn't, what were you talking? I didn't get any of that. I didn't get any of the of the it's so fun it's you know it's be your own boss being your own boss is not fun yeah it's not fun it's it's having it's having hard conversation with clients it's doing billing it's doing your taxes it's you know giving away free appointments because you screwed something up and none of that's talked about yeah there's a none lot of, there's a lot of administration work and, and, and admin work where you don't realize <clears throat> that, you know, <clears throat> we all want to just write sexy programs and help our athletes jump through, th through the ceilings and lift a ton of weight and be powerful and explosive and be resilient and robust and injury free. And 
that's all well and good. And that's a huge component of what we do. Making the end user, uh, be, having them be, be, become satisfied is, is the ultimate goal. But also there's so much backend stuff that doesn't get gleaned upon enough and looked at enough and put in, put in kind of the main frame and lens is that right. like you said, <clears throat> booking, the scheduling, taking the payments, the, you know, the end of the session, prolonged conversations where you just want to go home or whatnot, but it, those, you get the next person right away. Yeah, And what I would say is I think as tough as a pill as that is to swallow, there's a couple of ways you can look at a couple of options here. Number one, accepting the fact that in a nutshell, it's all part of what we do. However, if we can understand that, then it's also, okay, how can we work toward making a more efficient system systems basically so, okay mm-hmm. yeah. you know, whether it's bringing on other other staff members or coaches or interns or an admin uh, administrative assistant at the front desk or people to kind of help augment the process so that's more of a team approach and and it's not putting too much overall or undue stress on one individual because at the end of the day stress is stress is stress is stress whether it's Re- mechanical regardless or whether right. it's, you know sleep deprived uh, nutrition deprived whether it's you know exercise or from that so I think understanding the fact that, hey, look, let's take a deep breath, you know, you know, don't squeeze your butt cheeks so hard, it'll, it'll hurt less if you don't squeeze them too hard, and realizing, you know, let me take a deep breath and say, you know what, it's a part of it, right, here's my plate, I filled it up, I have to eat the food, I don't yeah. have to shovel it one, you know, one big spoonful, I can take little bites at a time and understand, hey, look, we're going to get there, it's going to take some time, mm-hmm. but we're going to get there, and I think that that kind of comes back to the whole notion of, in everything, taking that long-term, that slow, that, that be a turtle type of approach, understanding, you know what, it's a part of it. And if I can just understand that, it's going to be easier moving forward. But it's mm-hmm. still, it doesn't make it doesn't make the, the workload less. It just makes the thought process and how you kind of conceptualize it <clears throat> a little bit uh, more digestible, if you will. Yeah, the smaller chunks make it more digestible. So a couple of things that you hit on earlier were uh, the education side of things, which I think you and I both agree um, you know, the baselines, I don't think it's a hundred percent necessary for someone if, if they're willing to go all in and get the education someplace else, uh, because you can learn, learn, you know, kinesiology and, and things like that, but you gotta be invested. That's a whole other, the whole other section. But I think one thing where education misses the link, especially in ex- specifically to exercise science, and it may, this isn't across the board, but from my experiences, I didn't have a business class in exercise science or kinesiology. Yep. I didn't have, um, a, uh, uh, like a leadership development course or anything like that. You know, it's so, it's so leaning towards the clinical side that we get left out of that. And, and hopefully we get someone who can teach us that along the way also, because we're so, we're so like ingrained in, I want to be the best program writer. I want to be the best guy to teach hip hinge. You know, I want to be the best guy to X, Y, and Z. And then your billing is garbage. You miss, you miss, uh, you don't know how much money you're taking in. You don't know where your payments are going. You're not sure how many appointments you did last month. And um, it'd be really cool to see, and I'm fortunate to be a part of a Cincinnati State program that actually incorporates a business part um, okay. into their, their, their personal training um, certification program. But you don't, I mean, have you ever experienced anything like that? Do you know of any other place that does that? Because I don't. Yeah, no, I, I trust me, you hit, you hit the, tail, the tail on the donkey, so to speak. I mean, I think having an ethics, a business, yeah, yeah, ethics, yep. a leadership and an organizational 
kind of component to undergraduate and graduate degree, I think that would be monumental and, and mm -hmm. extremely uh, valuable because like you said, everyone wants to be the sexy programmer. I write the best programs. I, you know, my athletes love me because of, I give them the best, the strength training and yada, yada, yada. And that's all, again, that's great. Speed, strength, oh, that's awesome. Continue. Yep. However, if you don't understand the business side and the ethics side and the leadership and the organizational side and understanding that, you know what? At the end of the day, whether you know whether you program the best or, or, or not, you're, you have to. Everything comes down to the business side. Understand, okay, the sessions, the booking, where they're at. I mean, look, taking a long-term view of your clientele and saying, you know what, yep. am I just writing programs here and giving them high fives, mm -hmm. or am I actually taking a step back and saying, you know what, how am I building a path for them for the long term, and how am I bringing them into my overall community? And our culture and our family here. So we're building stuff for the long term, or I'm, am I just interested in writing sexy programs to get them faster and stronger? Because one's much more sustainable than the other. Yeah, exactly. Community-based, family-oriented type of um, strength and conditioning, fitness and performance atmospheres will always win. And mm -hmm. what he is the 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 staffs and the and the facilities that focus solely on the programming and looking sexy via social media and looking you know there's a skull on there that for their logo and there's a snake coming out of it and you know this gridiron this this hardcore stuff i mean that stuff really that sells just like sex sells but at the end of the day if it's not sustainable if it doesn't have a foundation to sit upon right then what are we providing our clientele, our athletes, and the, the human here? What are we doing for them? Are, are we setting them up for success, or are we just, just going to crush them, make them sweat, and they, they're injured in a month or two? Yeah. I think looking at that point view and, and, and having that, like you said, that hard conversation with your client, that client that comes in and says, hey, I want to come six days a week. Okay, great, Joe. You're coming off a torn yeah. ACL and a broken left ankle. Let's take a step back a bit. We're still going to give you that fitness, right? We're going to give you that fitness, that endurance, that strength component, but we're going to do so intelligently, responsibly, so that you're here in one year, two years, three years, and you're improving each year and playing that long game, you know, long-term health, resilience, and being robust versus crushing it for three months and then, then succumbing to a, a setback or another injury. So I think yeah. – I know that doesn't sound like the business tactic, but I think what it's doing, it's, it's thinking long-term with a business mindset. No, it definitely is. Cause that, that helps you grow. That helps you grow your, um, not only, I mean, obviously it's part of your business, but it helps you long-term set up for success for everybody. Cause you, the, obviously the healthier your people you're working with are, the more likely they are to, to, uh, refer you. Right. I mean, that's one of the biggest things. And if you, you've got a bunch of bum people all the time, that's going to be discouraging to you. And they're not, they're going to say, Hey, don't go to this guy. Cause he blew my ankle out again. Absolutely. So, yeah. so yeah, you've got to, that's all part of it. It's all long-term. Like this is not a short-term thing for anybody. I, I've had people, um, other, um, trainers, much older kind of, I hate using this, but it's like an old school mentality almost of, uh, of saying, well, what good are you doing your clients? If, you work for the same person for 10, 15 years. I'm like, I'm, I'm helping them become like remain safe long-term. You know, I, as idealistic as it sounds to and great as it sounds to say, I want to teach everybody so they can go out and do it on their own. Realistically, the people that at least I work with, that's not what they want. They want to be guided. They want to, they want all the stress taken off of them. So it's up to me to make sure that they maintain progress and success um, even if they're only seeing me for an hour a week, which is tip is, is about, is about, you know, two 30 minute appointments or three 30 minute appointments a week, everything they do on the outside, I can't control. So when they come in and they're like, Hey, I slipped on ice. All right. That's gotta be built in. 
now, and that's going to affect long-term progress in, in, in your, your business. Absolutely. I mean, I think the other thing too is, you know, there's multiple ways to look at it. You know, a lot of people say, okay, <laughs> the most ideal setup is you want to teach your client and your athletes so, so much so that it, it, in a, let's say six to 12 month period, mm-hmm. they, they fire you or they move on. And that's a great thought process. And I, and I, right. And I can see where that fits in certain models because at the end of the day, yes, it's great because you're empowering them and educating them. But right. what about that client who they get it in 12 months and like, oh yeah, but I like hanging out with you and I love coming in here and I love the atmosphere. Yep. It's an additional component that doesn't get looked on enough. So that, that whole community environment, that shared training environment where it's like, oh, you know what? I, I, love, I love the music they play. I love, I love seeing the people that I see when I come here and the other Yeah, clients. exactly. And that whole, I love the coaching staff. I, lo- I love the way they treat us. I love the environment. I love the facility. And so- yep. Yes, I do think it's great to hand the power and the tool of autonomy and independence to the end user being the athlete and the client. However, I also think it's great to provide a kick-ass A-plus product and an atmosphere and an environment for them to train in. Yeah, exactly. I don't see it both ways, but I mean, you know, I want our clients to be here forever. And so, you know, I think- that you know knocking what we've been fortunate of is that like you know like you had mentioned that whole referral network and kind of that word of mouth and the the thing that shows you that you're doing something right is that the the majority of your clientele and and, and your incoming athletes and clients and people you're working with is from word of mouth Mm -hmm. i think that's a really powerful tool that if you do a damn good job at at just being an a-plus human being and providing an a-plus product for the end user they're going to speak they're going to talk and and that's that, I mean, that, that sets you up for success for long-term because, again, you're coming back to building a really great atmosphere. Uh, uh, it's community-driven. It's culture-driven. And, and it's super rich with people who want to be here for the same reason. And they're all working toward the same goal on the same mission. And we're all on the same team. So that's kind of the way I view it. Exactly. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So we talked a little bit about ethics also. Um, and in the personal training, in the fitness industry. Big topic, man. Oh my gosh. So it's number one, if you're not delivering, if you're not delivering a product that hits on everything, you know, results, friendliness, um, you know, be, being available, the list can go on and on and on about, about what the, the service should be. But if you're not ethical with people, if you're not, um, you know, setting, setting a good standard in terms of um, communication, if you're, I mean, people, people will know, people can sniff out people who are not being um, genuine, right? Especially, I mean, you, have people, is, you can cut through that with a knife. You, you, yeah. you can always see that. Somebody walks up, walks up to you and the first thing out of your mouth is you're talking about money. Here's how much I charge. You can get that anywhere. You can go down, you can go down to any, any, you know, club, whatever, and, and get that from someplace there. They got to make their numbers. Um, and people will sniff that out. So to you, like, what is, what are some of your ethical backbones that you just will not waver from? I think the biggest thing is, you know, so we, our team, we never, we hate talking numbers. I mean, we, we, we yeah. push away at all costs. We much rather say, Hey, we like to learn about the person. I think, I think we're in a fortunate position where we, our intake process is, it's always a one-on-one it's a one-hour, one-on-one initial assessment. We, we, t- we look at injury history, objective questionnaire, basic table range of motion stuff, basic movement pattern stuff on, on the training floor, and getting to understand the individual and where they're coming from, what their current level of fitness 
is where you know what they've done that's, that has worked and what mm-hmm. they're looking for, whether it's something they verbally tell you as a goal or something you can kind of read off of body language. It's like, you know, this person looks like they're a bit apprehensive, they're mm-hmm. a bit nervous. Because look, at the end of the day, look, like to me and you lifting weights, is, it's, not, it, it's, it's awesome. We're used to it. It, it becomes easy. But for, for the majority of people, strength training and lifting weights, it can be scary. It can be, yeah. it can be frightening. So I think <clears> the biggest thing is providing a level of comfort and ease and saying, you know what? Hey, look, we're here with you. We're, we're, on, your, we're, not, we're on the team with you. Okay? We're going to hold your hand and guide you initially and, and then bring you in that shared training environment so that you can build autonomy and strength, physical, mental, all within that structure on a program that's built for them. So I think the biggest thing we focus on is understanding the individual, what their needs are. We're not looking to speak our, when we're providing content, whether it's social media or in person, we're not trying to speak to other professionals. That's great. We do that. We do, we do that. You know, when we talk shop or grab a coffee, we're not, but we're really trying to speak and verbalize our information to the end user, the, the client and the athlete and dumbing down information, right? Making it digestible and palatable and understanding what their specific needs and goals are and then describing to them how our training model and philosophy can help meet all of those needs and how it can be beneficial for them. I think once we've done that, we can then, they can understand, okay, you know what? Now they understand. Yeah, you build trust, you build buy-in, which I think has to be organic. It has to be authentic. You cannot take that stuff. And after that, then obviously – comes a point where they say, okay, great, get me on the schedule, let's go, what are the prices? And then you have to have that hard, but you have to have that conversation. And so when I look at ethics, I look at, not that I, I, not that I dislike the word, I, I'd much rather call it transparency. Mm-hmm. I think it's very, very important to always be upfront about the policies, the regulations, and, 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 and your best practices that you're, that you're, that you're com- coming out with as a company, as a brand, as a facility, and so on and so forth, as well as letting them know, hey, he, he, here's a schedule. Here's the pricing structure. Here's how things work. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, a Q&A page is great. But also allowing them to voice what they want to say. I mean, I'm sure you've had this. We've all had this in the fitness and the strength conditioning field is, oh, you know, what are your prices? You know, uh, is there any discounts? And, and I think at first glance, you're like, oh, the, the whole rolling of the eyes, that whole like, <laughs> I don't ask my barber for a discount. But, 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 but I think you need to appreciate that fitness and strength training in a whole, it, it can be viewed upon as quote unquote pricey to the, to the consumer that's not used to it, right? They're used to paying oodles and noodles of thousands of dollars on medical bills and insur- health insurance and yada, 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 without the blink of an eye. But you tell them that an assessment is a hundred bucks or 125, but whoa, whoa, what are we doing here? What, what, what value am I going to gain from that? So I think if we can thoroughly explain to them and verbalize the value, they can say, okay, now I understand what they're talking about now. Now as, as a client or a consumer, I can begin to understand, okay, now I know what I'm going to benefit from, how I'm going to gain from this. And I think the conversation becomes a little bit easier. You're leveling with them. You're being transparent. People yep. will always appreciate transparency, authenticity, and being organic. And so I think once that kind of part has been passed, I think after that, it's up to you as the coach to yeah. truly bring home that buy-in after phase one. I think phase one is really where you win that client over because after the assessment, you, you high five, it's, it's sounding great. Oh, I can't wait to see you on Monday. Great. That's awesome on paper. And that, that's part of it. However, the first four-week block, that first phase, that first month, if you will, of training that's where you truly build buying. They're yeah, overcoming a certain injury. They're overcoming a certain fear. They're overcoming uh, you know, uncertainty of ever being in a strength conditioning, a weight room, right? Mm-hmm. Being around barbells and dumbbells. If you can win them over in that first month 
and you can build buy-in and trust and, and you can build them as a team member, a member of your team, yep. I think that's how you do it. I really look at it as, as, as a kind of <clears throat> that whole step-by-step process, that initial, that initial contact via phone or in person, then you have the assessment, then you have the first month of training. I think it has to be done in that process. So that's they, systematic. Now I've seen this, yeah, exactly. I've seen this whole process from start to finish. Wow. They, 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 they backed up their words and also being transparent. The client said yeah. that says, Oh, you know, I want to bench X amount. I want to squat X amount in a month. I want to do so that, or I want to lose X amount of pounds, or I want to, you know, bring my body fat down, or I want to get this much faster in my 40 yard dash, whatever it may be being realistic and saying, you know what, I'm going to be upfront with you. That goal is great, but that's more of a two to three month goal. I think being transparent versus saying, oh yeah, we'll get you there. No problem. Yeah, we get, no problem. Yeah. People can read through that stuff and, 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 and they may not say an impression, but you can see, you can read a lot from people without any words. I mean, physical cues, body language, it's, it's a true tale sign of how someone's feeling in their, their apprehension towards something or they're yeah. willing to do something. So I think uh, as a coach, being more of a listener when you have to be a listener, not always the voice. Yeah, exactly. See, when, when I start from like the very beginning with someone, uh, the ethical side of things, obviously being transparent, <clears throat> being, being upfront, that not only means like creating buy-in because buy-in, like you said, that, that one month, you'll be able to tell who has buy-in and who doesn't because they'll, if they don't, they'll stop coming, mm-hmm. especially if you feed them a bunch of BS, right? Like oh. you're going to look like, you're going to look like Brad Pitt um, in, in a month. No, you're not. Well, don't, I don't look like Brad Pitt. You, you got that? <laughs> no, I, would lo- I would love to. It would be amazing. Yeah. But it, it's, you know, they'll smell it out and those people will, will fall by the side. But if it can, it's, it's a simple, it's like a fine line between ethics and not being a pushover. Okay. If you have somebody who like, who, who finds a mistake or an error, what they, they perceive on an invoice, for instance, and you say, well, actually that is a late cancellation. Let's look at the late cancellation policy. You know what though? I can see why you're confused because of X, Y, and Z. You know, if you find a way to be gracious enough to say that this one's on me, this one's on me, but just reinforce like, here's my cancellation policy. I do enforce it because number one, it, it's a business. This is how I put food on my, on my table. Also, this is how I support my family. And, uh, but, but not being the guy who's like, Oh, you're sick today. Eh, too bad. Cha-ching. You know, you can't, you can't be like that either. It's, you know, if it's, if it's an 85 year old um, person who is apprehensive because there's ice outside and we've had like three foot of snow, yeah. okay, I get it. I get it. Don't worry about it. Stay home. Be safe. You know, don't worry I mean, about that's, it. That's all. That's all in that whole basket of respecting people. And I think and you bu- that's part of the buy-in process too, absolutely. right? You, absolutely. Th- that person will respect you as a business person and just as an overall person trying to help. They, they will be, they will want to support your business. They absolutely. want to be a part of your program. Yeah, it's like you know, it's great to have structure. Trust me, I, 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 my life is <laughs> everything I do is structure. That's kind of who I am and how I'm built. But I think the important thing is having structure, but understanding that you need to be flexible with mm-hmm. structure form. Look, like you brought up a great point. Yeah. If it's if it's an older client or a more seasoned vet, I'd call them. Yeah. Because there's eyes outside. Hey, man, be cool about that. I mean, they're yeah. they're trusting you and they're comfortable enough with you to tell you that i mean that that's huge right there so yeah. respectful to, you know what hey look are, as a business owner are you gonna die if, if if they have to go over one session no not in the day now it becomes a recurring theme 
for a different topic. That's if that's a different topic for a different day. But hundred percent, you need to be flexible within the structured model. I think that's how you like almost like that bamboo stick, bend it but don't break. I think that's an important component. Yeah, coaches understand this goes the same as you know coaches that that overcoach biomechanics and it's got to be perfect technique and yeah. Here's how much I know. You know, it, 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 there's there's perfect, but then there's also passable. And so understanding yeah. where and when and kind hmm. of, you know, what is a good time to intervene a client? Is it, is, it good, is it a good time to intervene a client when they're going for a three rep max trap bar deadlift? Probably not. Like maybe after they're set. Unless, look, unless they're in an extremely danger, dangerous position, if it's kind of off kilter, great. Let them finish it. Then have the discussion. Yeah. So I think it's kind of knowing – Kind of knowing and, and picking your spots, you know, whether it's the business side, the ethics side, the training, coaching side, the performance side, what, what, or what have you. Yep, and that's going to vary from person to person. You're going to know the person better in six months than you do a month. But uh, having the flexibility and showing people grace, and and but you know, but having understandings between the two. Um, yeah, that's really funny how you see some people who will, uh, you know, and. I, I'm not bashing any one person. I'm sure I did it at one time too. But like when you're, when you're, you want to be, cause people, some people will expect you just to correct every little bitty thing. Like, Oh, I know. I know I did that wrong. Let me do it over. It's like, no, like relax. Like we'll, we'll get it when we come back. we got two or three more sets. Don't worry about it. Oh, you yeah, see like very the, little times. In, in, yeah. So when you see the person, you see yeah. the, the, the trainer who's like right next to the person and it's just, and you can see like the client's like, oh my God, if I mess this overhead press up, he might fire me. But it's like, just, you know, let them, let them figure out on their own, let them do their own thing. And then yet then, Hey, I, you know, I noticed that you weren't getting that elbow to your ear. Uh, next time we're going to focus on that. Just little drops of hints like that go a, a huge way, which is also part of the buy-in process, which is also build trust. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think we both like share some similarities there. Definitely. Yeah. I think, you know, there are rarely times in the gym setting. It's very, very minuscule and rare where a client is is in an extremely dangerous position. No, so, it's a bad gym. Yeah, well, you never know. That, that's a bad. If that's happening consistently, yeah, that's a bad gym. So, having said that, I mean, I think now we're speaking. Um, it's a it's a relative uh, relative thing. What I'm going to say, and, and we're speaking with understanding that. Okay, as long as integrity and professionalism is there, professionalism is there it's okay to let your clients with being relative here, make minor mistakes as long as they're in a safe environment. Yeah. Those mistakes, again, like our path mistakes gives them a learning opportunity. If, if it's a 10 pound in each hand doing a dumbbell split squat or a static lunge or what have you, whatever you want to call right. it up down and their knees kind of coming all out. I mean, no one's going to die. Their knee, no one's going to die. That's not going to explode out of the knee. After the session, hey, you know, after that said, hey, you know what? Try the knee this way. Put the pad there. How's it? Oh, it feels great. Okay, great. No problem. We're going to move forward now. I think yep. letting them learn what is not optimal or non-beneficial positions and technique can help them then say, okay, you know what? Uh-huh. Light bulb. I remember that saying, the coach, that wasn't good for me. Now this is going to be better for me, more beneficial. Right. So I, yep. I'm all yep. for letting them learn from mistakes in a safe environment. I think the safe, I think the safe environment is key. When you said that, the first thing I thought of was somebody doing like a back squat on a, an exercise ball. And I was like, no, get out of that gym. Like just We've seen that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but then you get, so how do you, I tell you what, this is a little off topic, I guess, but um, what do you, how do you handle when someone says to you, how come we're not doing that exercise? Yeah, that comes up more times than you can ever, than we have fingers and toes to. to oh, 100, oh, every day, every single day. 
the biggest thing we talk about is saying, hey, you know, that's great for that individual. If they want to do that, fantastic. I think as a professional, as a coach in our field, it, it's not good to bash others and bash other philosophies and methodologies. I think what, what you can say is, hey, if that's their decision on how to train or how to do that exercise or to do that exercise in general, great. Let them do that and that will be their path. However, when you came to me with your specific unique injury history, your specific goals. Yep, there you go. Down as a performance staff, as a team, or, or as a coach, if you're an individual, and we chose <clears throat> for this phase, this specific routine of exercise and strength training and flexibility or what have you exercises to meet you at your specific skill level at your specific ability level and for what you're looking to acquire here. And these yep. are the most bang for your buck, most beneficial for you and your specific goals. And if yep. they have questions as to, okay, what is this, what does this specific exercise do for me? How does it help me? Then go on and explain, you know, yep. I think, I think, and then, you know what? The other thing too is like, if you don't have the answer, well, number one, you should have an answer for every exercise you program. But that's if it's a question about something that's not in your program and you don't have the answer, hey, say, I don't know. Refer to someone. Mm -hmm. you know what? I'm not sure, but I can refer you to my, my PT friend or my strength coach friend or, or my professor friend, and they can give you the answer, and I'm going to forward them to you. I think what that yeah. does is the client says, wow, like, they were willing to say that they don't know every answer. That's fantastic. And I think and that shows that you, you're smart and strong what we do because you're willing to say, you know what? I'm, I'm part of a bigger team, not just myself here. It's part, it's, it's, it's multiple team members and not just myself feeding you all the answers because that, that becomes tiring. But Matthew, how does, does that mean that I'm not strong enough to do that exercise? Does that mean how come I can't do it? Yeah, no, you get that a lot. Yeah, I think. It does. And I'm not trying to put you on the spot because it does happen. It happens a lot. <laughs> I think just, just being transparent and saying, you know what, like, you know, I'm not so sure that that exercise is really that beneficial for that person. However, exactly. if you want to do it, thumbs up, let them do it. It's their life. Yeah. Uh, this one for you, though, is going to be great because of X, Y, and Z. And I think just having that conversation versus yeah, have the conversation. we're wrong, we're right, let's go. It, I think yes. what you do there is you lose out on that little 20 to 30 second conversation, or maybe it's a 10 second conversation with a couple of questions and you answer them quickly. Say, so, you know what? By doing that, you're slowly layering on more and more trust and more buying. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. You know, coach was, he was able, or she was able to explain to me why I'm, I'm doing this and not that and how I'm benefiting and, 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 and the why behind everything. I think that's really crucial for you. You want your client to know what's going on. You know, you don't want them to just plug off, you know, work out and then leave. You want to give them some sort of education to the level that they want. I'm not saying yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, gastrocnemius and soleus, like they don't give a crap about that. So if they You're do so smart, if they do great, have anatomy conversation, but if they don't yeah. just say, Oh, your calf muscle, blah, blah, blah. Let's go. Let's go over here. So yep. I think just, again, it comes back and comes back to being transparent, authentic, and organic and just mm -hmm. being, being a real person, like re real people can see like the real side of things and just being transparent, being upfront and just yeah. being, someone who's willing to say, look, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, or I don't know, I don't know, and just being upfront with you. I think that's the easiest way to get to gain buy-in and trust. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, definitely. There's, um, so again, in every situation, I like to have almost like uh, canned responses to situations, like intakes. Um, you know, it's almost, almost everybody, unless, you know, they have the outliers, almost every single intake looks exactly the same. Almost every single first workout looks exactly the same. I think it's smart to do that. Um, it, you know, especially if you're if you're somebody new coming, you know, coming up into the industry, 
have that in mind. And, and Matthew, you hit on the head, like, know, have your reason, know your whys. You know, it shouldn't, it shouldn't just be, well, because it's a hard exercise. Uh, because I said so. Like, that doesn't cut it. And um, you know, you gotta, if, you, if you're putting a program together in five minutes for a brand new client, then I'm, I have a hard time understanding and believing that it's going to benefit them now because I think it's really important to be crucial about the movements and the dosage, the exercise dosage and the volume yep. and what you're asking the client to do from, from a movement and position and technique standpoint and from yep. a learning standpoint. So I think it's, it's crucial to really spend some time and understanding the reasoning behind each exercise you add in there because at the end of the day, that, that's like if you're a barber, that's the haircut you give. You need to stand behind that. If you're a dentist, yeah, exactly. that is the dentistry work that you provide. If you can't stand behind that, then, well, I mean, it's not going to be good for you. It's not going to be good for the end user. So I really think it's, it's super imperative to be really, really crucial about what you do, what you say, and what you write in the program. I think exactly. that, that is, is monumental. And, and also being cool with pivoting and tossing an audible. Hey, look, the, the, the program is never cement in stone. If right. so-and-so's knee doesn't respond well to that plyometric, that jumping, that loading, that deceleration, great, back it off, give them a, a, give them a, 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 foot, a foot base thing where it stays in the ground the entire time and then right. make their knee feel better. So being able to pivot and throw an audible uh, when need be. Yeah, exactly. The, the, uh, the intake process all the way through, uh, you know, building a long-term client, everything should be flexible, pliable, and uh, I think um, – Oh, man, pliability. You had to bring it up, man. Tom, first time. Have you caught, have you caught that? What is it? Tom vs. Time. Oh, no. You know what? Um, There's three episodes is, out there. Is that on, good. What, what's it on, though? I think you go to Google.com and type in Tom vs. Time, and, I mean, it's, uh, it, it pops up immediately. It's like three 15-minute blocks. If anyone's seen, I mean, it's got some pretty good stuff on there. And, and yeah, I know, there, I know he's catching some heat. I know he's catching some – or not he, but I know, uh, I know there's some controversy around, like, uh, um, um, a conversation he had with uh, – a show host or something? Yeah, I barely saw that. But yeah, everybody, um, I got a client who bought his book and uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm, 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 are you, are you a huge fan? Oh yeah, big fan. Okay. So I don't agree with all of the things that he does, but that's fine. Day, he's Tom Brady and uh, Tom Brady. he walks on water. So this is, t- <laughs> so this is- <laughs> Totally off topic, but so I'm an Arizona Cardinals fan, right? So I'm, I'm from the same, I'm from the St. Louis area, from the St. Louis area. They were there when I was a kid. Uh, they moved away when I was super young, but I kind of always followed them. I couldn't get on the St. Louis uh, Rams bandwagon, oh. but there is something, I don't know what it is, but when, when a team, any kind of sports team does really well, like the Yankees, like Boston, I'm not going to ever say um, Chicago Cubs because I hate them. Uh, but the, uh, the, 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 my issue is like teams like that, they do it so well. That's why they're so successful. Like I can't get on the underdog bandwagon. I'm sorry. I just can't do it. I don't know what it is. Call me un-American, whatever. But when I see a team that just like crushes it year after year, even if they don't make the championship, people still hate them because they're so good. Let somebody else do it. No, get better. Hey like man, getting- I'm gonna. I agree with you, and and I'm gonna end it on this note. The famous Belichick, <laughs> and this can go toward anyone in the field. And this kind of this kind of coincides with what we started with in terms of yep. getting back to the field, paying it forward. Yeah, becoming professional, strength conditioning, physical therapy, athletic training, sports medicine, sports performance. Do your job. You're a part of a your team. Your job. Love. And and that's and that and that's the famous words of Bill Belichick signing off.
<laughs> Dear God, man, that's awesome. Hey, Matthew, if people want to get a hold of you, if they have more questions, comments, concerns, where's the best place to reach you? Hey, man, uh, social media. I mean, Facebook, my, my, my first and last name, Twitter, Instagram, my first and last name, and then add an underscore at the end because, well, I guess someone else has my name. But yeah, <laughs> uh, reach out, interact, lo- love to you know, talk shop and, and, and kind of get to know people and interact. So yeah, looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much for having me on, brother. I appreciate it. Oh, this has been a blast. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right, my man. I'll see you. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to suggest a topic or be a part of the show, get in touch with Eric on any social media platform at Eric Feigl or email fcp at ericfeigl.com. Make sure to check back every Tuesday and Thursday for more fitness candor.